0: On today's show, we talk to Melissa about her solo Disney World adventure. This is WRWDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 221. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WRWDW.com, the Disney World Planning website. Today, I chat with Melissa, a repeat guest from quite a while ago, um, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. She traveled from Ireland to Disney World with her husband. This time around, she did a solo trip. She happened to find herself in a position where her husband was occupied. She <laughs> was looking for something to do solo and she suggested to him jokingly, maybe I should go to Disney World. And he was like, that sounds good, go for it. And so she did. And so we talk a lot about solo travel. Um, and I've had some guests before, you know, come on and discuss solo travel. But this time around, we talk about um, not only how to plan things when it's just for one person, but also as a woman traveling alone, how to be vigilant, things to look out for, and really what a great option Disney World is for your first time solo trip. If this is something you're nervous about doing, want to do but just don't know that you have it in you. Disney's a great starting place for solo travel. So that is a big part of this episode. Um, We talk about hard to get reservations. She Just because she was alone, she did not skimp on dining. So a lot of really great dining and tips for securing those dining reservations. We talk about split stays. We go from boardwalk to all-stars. So quite the difference here. We spend a great deal of time discussing Standby Skipper throughout this episode as well. Some things have changed since I used it. I know my review previously was somewhat mediocre. So we discussed that, um, some of the issues she had, the successes she had. So, uh, you know, it might be worth revisiting uh, on my next trip or if it's something you're considering using as a tool to help you secure genie plus lightning lanes you'll definitely want to listen because we have a ton of thoughts on standby skipper but i'm just going to go ahead and let melissa tell us all about her solo trip hi melissa welcome to the podcast
1: hi julie i'm thrilled to be here
0: you are thrilled to be back you were a guest it was quite a while ago when were you on last
1: i was on just after the world shut down completely (laughs) <laughs> and none of us knew what was going to happen. <laughs> um, that was for a trip back in February 2020. You were like, oh, there's no one else going to Disney yeah. World, so maybe <laughs> I'll record with her.
0: <laughs> okay, so remind us on that last trip. You went with your family, right, on that one?
1: Yeah, that was a trip with my husband, and it was around Princess Weekend as well. Okay. So that I think we did nine nights that time.
0: And this time, instead of family... Just you, solo trip.
1: Just me and very strange and very unusual. And (laughs) I kind of like to think of myself as a pretty independent person. But Disney is definitely something that my husband and I both love very much. And we've always gone together. So it was a different set of circumstances.
0: Okay. How did he react when you decided to go solo? As this is something that, you know, it's one of his interests as well. How did he respond to that?
1: So he is involved in an amateur musical society and they had a show coming up. Actually, it's next week. So a few months ago, I said, well, you're rehearsing four days a week and I'm on my own and there's nothing for me to look forward to. Maybe I'll go to Disney World. I'm joking. <laughs> and he said, OK, yeah, go on ahead. And I said, "Oh." okay, maybe I will then. <laughs> and then all, like, all of a sudden oh, I was looking up flights okay. <laughs> and I was there.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how much more affordable it is when it's just one person as somebody who's gone oh, by myself, Yeah. It's, it's uh, far more affordable when you're doing just you. All right. Well, where are you coming from? This is not a small trip for you. No, I'm coming from Ireland. How long is that flight?
1: So it's about nine hours on the way over and on the way home, it's about eight. But on both occasions, it actually got in faster, which was fantastic.
0: Oh, well, that's nice. OK, so this big trip in a long trip to what were the dates of your solo trip?
1: So I had originally decided to go for five nights and I got a really good deal in the boardwalk. And then the more I thought about it, a lot of our enjoyment of Disney is around food. And I was having trouble fitting in all my dining reservations. (laughs) And I said to him, would you mind if I stayed an extra two nights? And he was like, yeah, go for it. I'll have more rehearsals. So I ended up adding on two extra nights at All Star Movies at the end.
0: For specifically because you wanted to eat at more places? You had more dining reservations than you did days At Disney? (laughs) Kind of. And also because I just got hungry for more,
1: pardon the pun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we did. So we ended up doing a split stay. The first portion, the bulk of it is at Boardwalk. And then the second portion, the last couple of nights are All-Stars.
1: Yes, and I'm happy to talk about that because I booked it so late that I couldn't get any availability through the Disney website for anything less than exorbitantly expensive Yacht Club rooms or that type of thing. So I ended up booking through a third party which wasn't as straightforward as I had hoped.
0: Ah, okay. Let's talk a little bit about that then since we're we're going to start out talking about the the planning aspect of your trip. Um so first let's let's start with that because I do have some questions about planning with family versus planning solo. But let's start with accommodations. So the boardwalk, you said you booked that directly with Disney, you did that through their website. That's right. I did that probably
1: 4 months out and I got a really good deal. Um and I love the boardwalk because you can walk to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios and because I was on my own, I suppose I was trying to reduce the hassle and make it safe too
0: sure sure yeah boardwalks one of my favorites for that reason you're and there's entertainment and and stuff right there and being a solo person you know it's you can sometimes it's easier to like hop in and sit at a bar than it is maybe to sit down at a restaurant or something by yourself you know what I mean like you have more options right there at the boardwalk which is nice um okay so with the the second resort with that the extra couple of days that you added on. You said there was very limited availability, just expensive deluxe resorts. So how did you end up booking the All-Stars?
1: So I use Trivago a lot for other trips, non-Disney trips. And I just looked on there and I found a deal for All-Star movies. Now, it wasn't as cheap as it could have been, but I traveled probably in one of the busiest times of the year between President's Day weekend and then the Princess weekend. So I ended up getting two nights through a website called Stay For Long. And um, If people aren't familiar with Trivago, it essentially compiles a lot of different third-party websites for any place you want to visit and gives you price comparisons. I don't think it's a reflection on the actual website I used, but the problem was that they didn't give me the Disney resort confirmation number. Oh, I OK. Reached, yeah. So I booked it about maybe 10, 11 days out. A few days later, I phoned Disney. They had no record of me. So I <gasps> oh, no. yeah got in contact with the website. They said, oh, we'll get on to Disney and get your confirmation number. And then it was actually the day I was checking out a boardwalk. I suddenly realized, oh, my God, I don't have a confirmation number.
0: Oh, my goodness. Emailed
1: them in a panic. And the thing is, I was fine because it was the end of my stay, so I could still make dining reservations and things for that day and there was no problem, but if it had been the beginning of my stay, I would have missed out on the 60-day advanced dining reservations, that kind of thing. So. A very lovely lady in the boardwalk lobby was able to find my reservation on her tablet. Um, oh, good. So, and actually the original website got back to me with another confirmation number that wasn't even correct. Oh, jeez! Yeah. So it's something that I would be wary about in the future. I've been, we're planning to go back maybe next January and I've been looking online and obviously you can't book Disney resorts yet through Disney. And a lot of the third party actually, websites have I think that just opened up
0: today. Oh, did it? Oh, cool. Okay, the, the day that we are recording. It's just packages, but so it's okay, funny that <laughs> you just happened to say that. <laughs> um,
1: that's great. Um, because I would do it again, but I would leave myself plenty of time to make sure I got the Disney reservation number.
0: Yeah, I've never tried booking through a third party app Um, you know like Expedia or Orbitz or whatever, you know, hotels.com whatever your preferred third party app is. I've never done it with a Disney resort. There are some people who swear by it because they're like, oh there are ways you can stack points or you can do you know, if you it, the, you know like some some of the websites will do like they won't tell you the name of the resort. But there are certain clues, and they're like, well, if you look at this, this, and this, if it says it has these things, you know it's a Disney resort, and then you can get it for cheap. I am not somebody who wants to gamble with my vacation, (laughs) so I've never done anything like that. But your situation, I've had other similar experiences with third-party websites that sound kind of similar to what you're describing that would make me nervous to do that, you know? So... I'm glad it worked out, but but I definitely understand the hesitation and and the warning to listeners.
1: Yes. Worth it. I mean, especially if you get a good deal. I mean, next January you're looking at 120 euro, which is the same as dollars now per night in any of the All-Stars, and that's really cheap.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. For any hotel, I think. The All Stars are are pretty good price wise. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the planning aspect. Because, like we said, your previous trips It was, you know, it was family. It wasn't just you. It was you and your husband. So planning is going to be different when it's just yourself. But it sounds like you're still interested in doing dining reservations and stuff. So how did planning change for solo trips versus trips with your husband?
1: So the first thing I did was ask him if there were any, if there was going to be anywhere that he would be disappointed or annoyed that he would
0: miss out on. (laughs) That's so, so kind were... of you. <laughs> I'm so,
1: so considerate on my seven-day trip by myself to Disney World.
0: Well, you know, it's you, you laugh, but I don't always make those accommodations for my husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so really, the only places he said were a handful of places that he, we had never been. And he was afraid that if I went and didn't like it, that I then say I don't want to go back, whereas it was somewhere he would like to try. So, for example, fifties primetime we've never been to, and he was like, "I don't know if you're going to like that that much," and I
0: really want to try it. So, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a reasonable request.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was that was fair. So the other thing is that I love character dining, and my husband likes it, but more tolerates it for me than anything else. And there was a particular dining reservation that we've never done, which was Cinderella's Royal Table, which has become so expensive that I thought to myself, "Oh." maybe I'll just do it by myself and then it'll be half the price and I'll still get to have experienced it. (laughs) So that was one of my main priorities.
0: Okay. So Cinderella's Royal Table was a high priority. How did you feel about dining by yourself? Like some people get anxiety about it or they're just absolute, like, I will not do it. Was this something that concerned you or did you take no issue with the thought of dining by yourself?
1: No, I don't mind it at all. I've done it before. I think for people who are more anxious about it, a good tip is to tend to go to the lounges. I found that people invariably talked to me if I ate at a lounge. That's
0: why I was saying like at the boardwalk, you know, there's plenty of like bars and stuff like just places where it's so much easier as a solo person to go and mingle and talk to people. Um, but you know, so that's why I thought the boardwalk was a great area for that exact same reason.
1: Although I will say that sometimes I wasn't really in the mood to be talking to people, and yet people would keep talking to me. (laughs) You have to be aware of that if you don't really want to have four conversations over dinner with various people who arrive and leave. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Read the room. (laughs) Okay, so dining alone doesn't bother you. How about planning for days, any activities, character meets? Like you talked about doing character meals, doing stuff like that. None of that intimidated you or bothered you to do solo? No, and
1: it it gave me the opportunity, I think, to do things. like So my husband is very accommodating and will do, generally speaking, 99% of the time, we want to do the same things anyway. But he will come along to things that he's not as interested in, like, say, waiting in line for a character or something. But I still know that it's not really his thing. So it was nice to be able to make those type of decisions by myself and not have to worry about inconveniencing anybody else.
0: You don't have to consider anybody else when you are traveling solo. You don't have to stop and ask anybody. You can just enjoy it on your own. Now, how about when something's really fun or exciting, do you feel like you're missing out on anything? Like if, you know, you have a great... Meal or great character experience? Do you feel like you're missing something that you can't like? Turn to your husband and and be like, "Oh my god, did you see that? That was so great. That was so cool." Does that bother you at all, or is that not a consideration for you? So I texted him a lot. (laughs) Okay, so you did have that conversation. It just we basically he might as well have
1: been there. He just wasn't there in person. (laughs) Okay, we played a game as well where I think it was day two or three. I went to baseline and I sent him a picture of inside of the window and I said guess where I am and he was like I love this game keep this going oh, so I would fun. send him obscure little photographs of different areas of the park and he would guess where I was
0: was and he got them right
1: 99% yeah. of the time oh, I don't know how good. because on the plane home I was looking at my photographs going I don't even know where that was and I was there three days ago all right do you
0: guys do you track each other's locations do you do like find my uh, on each other he could we have been cheating we can he couldn't we cheating. Did. No, no, actually, you're, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he
1: wasn't cheating. He just he's a very visual person who's been there a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my husband, if I'm cuz he always jokes that I'm like a speed walker, he's like you're just like darting through people. So when I'm there alone, sometimes he'll open up Find Mine, he'll do like a video of like my little icon. It'll be like zigzagging and zipping through the park at a crazy speed. He's like, "What are you on? Like a scooter or something?" <laughs>
1: like, "Look at you go." I'm also A very fast walker, but so is my husband. So, but I did find that it is easier to navigate when you're not looking behind or in front to see if somebody else is with you or they got delayed by a crowd.
0: Yes. Yeah. To see if somebody's keeping up with you. All right. Since it's just you, are you planning on utilizing things like Genie Plus or, you know, because it's, it can be easier to, like you said, to zip around and run from thing to thing.
1: I used Genie Plus five out of seven of the days. I don't typically like to wait in line. So I just figured it'd be more convenient. But I also decided, because it was only me, if I wanted to get individual Lightning Lanes and Genie Plus selections, it was going to be that little bit more difficult. So I actually, with a lot of difficulty, managed to get Standby Skipper.
0: Okay, I'm curious what your thoughts are on Standby Skipper. So for anybody who doesn't know, this is a third-party app. You have to pay to use their service, but they will pull genie plus lightning lanes for you so you basically give it your priorities you're saying i want to ride you know peter pan and i want to ride it in the afternoon and it will pull any available lightning lanes based on your priorities so if a peter pan in the afternoon in that time frame pops up it'll grab it on your behalf. And it checks every couple of minutes, I think, for you. So you have to buy Genie Plus and you have to pay for Standby Skipper for the for the app. And um, then you have to connect through friends and family in My Disney Experience. So there is a whole process you have to do. You can't just do it last second, but it'll then pull up uh, lightning lanes as they become available. So I found personally, me personally, Standby, Skipper. I found it useful, but I also found that I was still on my phone quite a bit as things needed to be adjusted. I found the time frames weren't great; it would just be morning, afternoon, evening, which I didn't always care for because um, that's a huge, you know, range in time. What was? Did you find it helpful? Maybe this this could have just been a me issue. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. If you found it useful, helpful, or did you find yourself on your phone any less?
1: I have a lot of thoughts about Standby Skipper. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, for anybody outside the US, it's not available in every country. I think it's only available to residents of Canada, the US and the UK, possibly Australia, but I'm not sure about that. So I wasn't able to purchase it at home. I thought that problem would be resolved when I got to America, but it wasn't. Interesting. So I ended okay. up spending an hour and a half on my phone the first night I arrived, getting a VPN, which I'm not a techie person, and that was a whole new world for me, then trying to get it, eventually managed to download it. But I could, I wasn't able to pay for it. And I think I remember you saying this, that the app is really difficult. It's, it's not you find obvious. Where, give I want to give yes. you my money.
0: Yes, it's like, <laughs> just take my money and let me use this app already. Yeah, it's not obvious how you (laughs) subscribe to it the first time you use it. I think you almost have to click through as if you're doing it. And then it's like, oh, you want to use this? Okay, then you have to pay. It's just not, it's just not obvious. And so I ran into a problem as well because I couldn't buy it. I said, oh, well, maybe
1: there's a problem because Enda doesn't my husband doesn't have a park ticket. So I deleted him from my friends and family and that didn't work. So I emailed them late at night and I got a reply the next day. And I'll just read it out because I think it's useful for people to know. OK, Um to upgrade your standby skipper, we need to be connected with at least two entries on your families and friend, family, friends and family list, including yourself. The other entry that becomes friends with us can be a fake entry that doesn't need a ticket or anything else. The reason is, as your MDE friend, we're not able to tell the difference between the three states, someone not sharing their list, someone sharing their list, but is traveling solo, someone traveling solo. They all look the same from our side. So we require at least two guest entries, including yourself, to be friends with us before purchase to ensure a seamless experience on your first use day. Now, I'll be wow. honest, that didn't make what? any sense to me yeah. at all. But I just added <laughs> Enda back in, request like I accepted his request as a friend, and then it worked.
0: Interesting. I don't know that I necessarily understand the reasoning either. I'm sure there's somebody listening who's much smarter than me who understands it. But okay, so... <laughs> So removing your husband... Basically, if you're going solo,
1: you have to have somebody else in your My Disney Experience family and friends list.
0: So you had removed your husband. Then did you have to add him back to make this work? Did you have anybody (laughs) else as your friends and family? No. Okay. (laughs) so you ended up making it harder for yourself when you removed him is what it turns out but it
1: didn't work before that either so I don't
0: know it was probably just me oh very strange yeah the the app is not um, intuitive it really isn't like I feel like with an app like this you should be able to just open it and and immediately figure it out you know like this seems the obvious place where I should be clicking to pay to sign up to put my information and it is not obvious. Okay. So once you got signed up um, and started using it, and I'm sure we'll talk about this throughout your days as well, but just, I'm curious overall, did you find it helpful or did you find you were, aside from the hour and a half you were on your phone trying to get it to work, other than that, did you find you were on your phone less?
1: I think my thoughts evolved about it over the course of the week it's definitely not as fast as a human. So if you're the type of person like me who is organized, know exactly what you're doing, knows how to navigate Genie Plus, all of that, I'm not sure it's necessary. Having said that, where I found it stood out was for people who really aren't sure how to use Genie Plus or don't really want the hassle of having to set an alarm for when they can book their next lightning lane, that sort of thing. And also I found it really useful for finding rarer lightning lanes later in the day so for example there were a couple of times where I asked it to find something that was sold out and it would find it for later on and I didn't have to keep constantly refreshing so that I think was worth the money to me
0: okay I 100% agree with that take where if because genie plus is also confusing it's another app that I'm like this needs to be more intuitive I wish that it was its own app the genie plus part Instead of my Disney experience, like I wish it was just its own thing, because this current setup is confusing. And it's not intuitive. Um, But yeah, so I I, I agree, if you are confused by Genie Plus, aren't really sure how it works, how to do it, how to figure out what you have, or how to get something new standby skipper probably is a good use and you're right because it checks it's like every 1 minute or 2 minutes i can't remember what it is you don't have to stand if you're like i really really want to get slinky dog for example which sells out very quickly you don't have to sit there and keep refresh 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 because that would be how i would do it just as a human i would keep refreshing it until hopefully fingers crossed a time pops up i don't have to do that i can put that as my only priority and then as soon as something pops up Uh, hopefully Standby Skipper will grab it on my behalf. Okay, so it sounds like it was somewhat worth the money.
1: I think so. But I will say that there's a bit of a feeling of sunk cost fallacy with it, where there were days where I thought, well, I've paid for the full week. I should buy Genie Plus today because otherwise it's wasting Standby
0: Skipper. (laughs) I assume that that's why Disney allows services like Standby Skipper to exist, because they know that you've paid for a full week and so you're more likely to then be like, well, I guess I'm just going to buy Genie Plus. You know, I've got Standby Skipper, may as well. I assume yeah, that's part is of there was definitely one
1: day where I thought I had to struggle not to purchase Genie Plus.
0: <laughs> Been there. I've only used Standby Skipper a couple of times, but I remember having a similar thought. Okay, let's get into your your actual arrival day then. What time are you getting, because this is a long flight, what time are you getting in? Do you have time to do anything on this first day?
1: Yes. And luckily enough, when I arrived at the airport in Dublin, I discovered that my flight had been brought forward by 20 minutes. So we were actually leaving at 1.30 and getting in to Orlando around 6 p.m. OK, that's not too bad. Yeah, it was great. Something else I discovered in the airport, I had kind of toyed with the idea of getting an individual lightning lane for guardians that evening. But you can't book that from outside the US. Well, certainly not from Ireland. So that wasn't an option.
0: That's good to know.
1: Yeah. The other thing, just so people know, is that there's only two countries in the world that do U.S. customs pre-clearance: Canada and Ireland. So it meant that in Dublin airport, I met a lovely customs officer who said, you're going to Disney without your family? And I was like, (laughs) yeah.
0: You're like, yep. But it meant
1: when I get off the plane in Orlando, I could just walk straight out. Wonderful. No passport control, nothing. Oh, that's so nice. It's so convenient. So basically had my bags in a couple of minutes, ordered, checked Lyft and Uber. Uber was cheaper. Um, it was $45 plus tip, which I thought was quite reasonable. And I was at the boardwalk really early, 7.15. So my plan for that night was really because Festival of the Arts was ending in a couple of days. I wanted to go in and see as much as I could of it in Epcot. So I had no plans to do any rides necessarily. I just wanted to get something to eat, see Luminous. Um, and just soak up the ambience. Unfortunately, it was raining really heavily. So there was lots of soaking going on, (laughs) not just the ambience. Um, So I mobile ordered some fries at Regal Eagle, just to fancy the snack, tiny portion. You get twice as many if you order a burger with fries. So I was still hungry. It was uh, like eight to 10 fries. (laughs) So, and just to mention, I'm vegan. Um, and there were very limited options for Festival of the Arts. Flower and Garden looks incredible, but there are only two real options for us. And one of them was the option that's always available at Morocco, the stone baked bread and dips. So I headed over there and I got that. And I considered going to Frozen, but then on the way, it was so wet and I thought I won't be out in time to see Luminous. So I just grabbed a margarita at Mexico and I kind of made my way back, meandered through World Showcase while watching the fireworks. And then it was over by the time I was heading out.
0: So it was nice. I got to see some of the booths. So you didn't stop for any, at any specific point to watch. You were still just kind of walking while watching the fireworks.
1: Yes. And I must say that there's no bad spot. I found it really easy to see. Now, there weren't too many people out because of the rain. But there's good viewing for that show all over World Showcase, I think.
0: Had you seen any of the more recent uh, shows?
1: Yes, I had seen Luminous in January when we were there, and then I had seen Epcot Forever a couple of times, which we all know
0: isn't <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I was going to ask like, what your thoughts were compared to um, Epcot Forever, if you had seen that one.
1: I liked Luminous, and I think some of the songs are the ones that really make me emotional, like You'll Be In My Heart and When She Loved Me and that sort of thing. Yeah. I don't think it has the same emotional pull as Happily Ever After, but yeah. I like
0: it hard to compete with happily, happily ever after. Um, Okay, so not a ton on this first night. But uh, I mean, obviously, it's you had like, what, you said a nine hour flight. What's the time difference for you as well? So
1: Ireland is five hours ahead of Orlando. Oh,
0: so it's like, so it's like middle of the night in your, your, as far as your body is concerned, right? And that played into a lot of my aspirations that (laughs) didn't come to fruition during the week for nighttime activities (laughs) i'm only an hour difference and i still have that issue (laughs) all right so let's talk about like your first full park day then so you get back to boardwalk we're resting up what what are your plans for the next morning
1: i must mention actually i was in renovated room at boardwalk i think they're all finished now and it was absolutely beautiful yeah what huge room it's gorgeous what type of room did you get I had just a standard room with a pool view, um, but the decor is lovely. The only thing I will say is that while they renovated the rooms, they didn't renovate the plumbing. So, I had a similar situation to what you had in the Fort Wilderness cabins, where when you try to make the shower into a shower, most of the water is coming out of the tub. You're like the tap pulling the on. Oh, I yeah, don't even yeah, know what that thing
0: is called. You're like pulling on the thing in the shower, and you're like, well, the tub's filling, and I'm kind of getting a shower. Good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. My toes are clean.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, the next day, then, where are you heading?
1: so epcot was my next day i was awake early at 5am because of the time difference um i bought genie plus it was 35 dollars for the multi-park option and then i also wanted to get guardians because i didn't have standby standby skipper at that stage Um, so i managed to get frozen for 10.05 which i thought was pretty good nearly forget to forgot to get my individual lightning lane for guardians at 7.04 i thought oh God, I'd better go in and get it. So I booked that for one thirty, And there was lots of availability. I knew it would be a super busy week because of the two weekends that, that flanked it. Um, and at 7.04, when I went in to buy the individual Lightning Lane for Guardians, Frozen was already out until after 5 p.m. Oof. So that says a lot.
0: <laughs> it does. Um,
1: so I left the room at 7.45 and I was through security by 7.55. And it took a couple of minutes to get through the early entry check and they held us on the bridge to France everyone was wet it was still raining heavily (laughs) at that stage but we started moving fairly consistently at 10 past 8 and got as far as the corner into Ratatouille and then just to say anyone with a stroller at that last corner before you come into Ratatouille they make you get rid of your stroller so just be prepared a lot of people had to dart off to the right and lose their place in line oh just be ready have your kids out that's a
0: good tip um
1: so got into the building at 820. And I was on the ride at 835, which I thought was incredible.
0: I love being able to come in through International Gateway. It really makes such a difference. And I was worried like with Skyliner access that it would be way busier at International Gateway. It's really not bad. It's not bad. And you can get in so quickly and smoothly. And it's I mean, it is still a walk then to get over to Frozen. But just so smooth, I absolutely love coming in that way.
1: And I think arriving just that extra few minutes earlier, say before eight, made a big difference. Like when I left Ratatouille, it was a seventy-minute wait, and I well believe it. The line was oh, way yeah. beyond Chef de France.
0: Yeah, that I can't believe that that ride still gets such crazy long lines. It's just insane.
1: I think it's a victim of its own popularity to some <laughs> extent.
0: Maybe I mean it's great, but but you know. <laughs> se- but seventy minutes, like oh, I would not wait seventy minutes. I just seventy would minutes not. within early entry. Ooh, yes, yeah, your whole early entry is gone and then some. So that's amazing that you were basically on and off. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so then I went to Soren. Okay.
1: Soren was fifteen minutes at eight fifty-three, which. It took all of fifteen minutes, but I had my first experience of being a solo traveler being brilliant because I was a bit back in line, and they said, "Is anyone on their own?" And I said, "I am," and I got Love to go straight in. <laughs> and then
0: you, you know, you walk up doing like your princess wave as you walk <laughs> <Yes>. by everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love that. So when I got off, so and it was sixty-five minutes.
0: Oh wow! So, it, and
1: that was at like five
0: past nine, maybe. Oh man! Yeah. So. You weren't kidding when you were like, I was expecting a busy day. It really, were starting out was. that way.
1: But thankfully, living with the land had no line at all. So I got <laughs> straight on that.
0: I should hope not. <laughs> I don't know anybody's <laughs> rope dropping that one.
1: <laughs> so I had a 10 a.m. reservation for Garden Grill. So I went up a bit early to see if they might be able to seat me. And I requested a table on the lower level because I just prefer it for the view of the ride. Um. So at that point, I got my email reply from standby skipper. So I managed to figure that out while I was waiting. Um, love, love, love Garden Grill. It's just so tasty. As a vegan, you have an option of impossible sausage, breakfast, potatoes, just egg and mini wa- Mickey waffles. Um, but I don't eat just egg. So I asked for a platter without that. That was no problem. And then they brought me a second one at my request and I my weight in breakfast food
0: (laughs) oh wonderful i've i've done the the plant-based lunch i've never done the plant-based breakfast there so it sounds similar to i think kind of where they do the plant-based at any any restaurant like even ohana is kind of like a similar they're like here's your plant-based sausage and your fake eggs and some potatoes it is definitely
1: similar but much better I didn't enjoy the breakfast at Ohana. Interesting. I didn't think the quality was as good. So yeah, it's it's much tastier for some reason. Oh, You'll okay. see later in the week, I go back.
0: Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. How were the character interactions?
1: Oh, so good. And I had a, so part of what I enjoy about going to Disney World is I collect many years and Disney dresses and bags. So a lot of it is, the fashion and the dressing up which my husband sometimes gets annoyed because I'm like we have to go back to the resort in the afternoon and change I must have two (laughs) outfits per day so he didn't have to deal with that so I had my Chippendale dress and ears and lounge fly. so they love that obviously it makes it much easier if you can point to something on your clothes or that sort of thing to make conversation yes so I highly recommend wearing something Disney and pointing that out because they really
0: (laughs) can feed off that Okay, and how about how are you doing pictures since it's just you at the, you know, there's no photo pass photographer at these meals? I took a selfie
1: for the first character and then a really helpful family at the table beside me offered to take my photograph. And I found that throughout the trip, people were really willing to take photos and would offer to do it.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Okay, um, after breakfast, then, where are we
1: headed? So I had my frozen lightning lane, so tapped in there. Um, at that point, the standby for Frozen was 100 minutes. Nemo was 45.
0: Oh, <laughs> Just Nemo. Just to give you an idea.
1: Nemo was 45. I know. But I walked onto Frozen, which was great. Um, and it was 130 minutes by the time I got off. <laughs> Man. So I decided then to go to the next show of The American Adventure. So I wandered over there and really liked that. It was early in the day, so I didn't nap, which I have done at times (laughs) in the past. (laughs) Um, And then I had booked a Spaceship Earth lightning lane, Um, but I actually had a reservation for Space 220 Lounge. For shortly after it. So I modified it because I didn't, well, I just wasn't sure if I'd be finished in time. Just to say as well, the Space 220 lounge reservations are obviously really hard to get, but I used addmoremagic.com and it was really successful in getting me that this time and the last time.
0: Yes, I've had great luck with them as well. Somebody, it was a podcast, I think I had like two podcast guests in a row talk about it. And I was like, I've never used this. And now I've used it a few times and been able to get difficult reservations like Space 220 Lounge. And Space 220, even though it's not, I mean, it's still very popular. It's not as popular as it was when it first opened. But the lounge, there's only so many seats. I mean, there's not that many tables, which is really what the issue is. So just trying to get, grab one of those tables can be very, very difficult. So I'm glad that and that I, worked out.
1: Yes. And people don't want to pay the full amount because it is very expensive. It is. To have and the
0: experience. You can still get the full meal, if you want, if you're in the lounge, you cannot, if you're sitting in the dining room, you have to order like the full thing. But the lounge, you have the option of just doing like a small plate appetizer, or if you want, you can get the full thing. So it's nice to have options, especially at that price point.
1: Absolutely. And one thing I will say is because I was on my own, they asked me would I like to sit at the tables or at the bar? And I said the bar. But I would recommend sitting at the tables because I couldn't see the space windows. Your
0: back is to the windows. Yes. There is a
1: mirror, but it's not the same. So I would definitely recommend sitting at the tables, which I I had done the last time with my husband, but I felt a bit weird by
0: myself. I think typically, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think typically the bar seats, they hold for walk-ups, I think. Um, And then if they have lounge availability, they can give you a lounge seat. But I'm pretty sure the bar, they do mostly for for walk up availability. You know, it's you tried it. It sounds like you did the table the last time, you know, so you tried it. But but yes, yeah, something to keep in mind if the bar is given to you as an option, your back is tall the windows.
1: I will say that the drinks If you're not getting a cocktail or fairly reasonably priced, I got a bottle of Corona and it was eight dollars, which is probably the cheapest drink I've had in Disney World in several
0: years. Eight (laughs) dollar bottle of Corona, oh my gosh! Their cocktails are good though, and they're strong. Like sometimes you order, you know, a fourteen dollar cocktail, and you're like, "Did they even put alcohol in this?" Like for fourteen dollars, like I'm not saying I want to be doing shots, but you know, for fourteen dollars, you're like, "Okay, what am I paying for here?" um but the cocktails are are they're strong at space 220 I've had a couple and I'm like woo so you do get your money's worth as far as that goes if that means anything to anybody
1: (laughs) (laughs) just as well I just had the corona then (laughs) yeah
0: right um okay so did you end up ordering just an appetizer what did you eat at space 220 no, I was so full
1: from Garden Grill, I just had a drink. I kind of just wanted to experience the ambiance.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, and you know, that's helpful to your wallet as well, because even the appetizers are a little pricey <laughs> Space 220. Okay. So after that, then where are you headed?
1: So at this point, Standby Skipper had got me a Figment Lightning Lane. Um, I will say that the way I used it tended to be to request a single ride at a time, because I had other plans for the day and maybe every day I wasn't staying in the park late. So you can do an option where you just select every single type of lightning lane you want, and they'll get it in a random order as to which is the next, or you can do one at a time. So at this point, I had stacked Figment, Spaceship Earth, and my individual lightning lane for Guardians. So I, And I also had plans to meet friends at three o'clock in Mexico. So knocked all of those out. Um, I got Conga on Guardians, which is my least favorite song (laughs) okay and spoiler alert I did it again and it was still conga conga again another day just not my favorite I love that song
0: (laughs) I love that song I just um I've gotten it so many times that I'm like all right let's let's try something else (laughs)
1: I sat beside a lovely lady who had abandoned her. She was like, I've abandoned my husband and child to go on this ride. I've never been on it. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited for you. It was so nice to be on it with somebody who didn't know what to expect. Right, right. <laughs> um, so then I wandered around some of the art booths for a while and met my friends in Mexico at three o'clock and it was still lashing rain at this stage. So we headed to Regal Eagle for some cover <laughs> and hung out there for a while. And that was lovely. Um, and then I had to go back to the boardwalk because I was meeting a different set of friends in the evening time.
0: Are these Disney friends? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty it's much. It's fun
0: to meet up with Disney friends, you know, it's, it's, um it's an interesting community when you start like chatting with people online or whatever, who also share a love of Disney. It's fun to like eventually meet them in real life.
1: Absolutely. And I have friends at home who were like, who are all these people you're right? meeting in yeah. Disney World?
0: <laughs> yeah i've had similar conversations i feel like it's fine it's fine they're disney yeah, people yeah. don't worry about it
1: so we with my second set of friends we decided to meet in ailing compass lounge um which is lovely i will say that the cauliflower app there used to be vegan and it's not anymore just if anybody had it in the past so but, we ended up eating fries for dinner. i assume that they make fine.
0: it with milk like they yes yeah Yeah, I have a girlfriend who's vegan, and we had the same conversation where she's like, I used to be able to eat this, and now it's made with milk. So disappointing.
1: Anyway, I ate fries, and that was fine. They were delicious. Um, So I was home in bed by 10.15, so ready for the next day, which was my biggest day.
0: Oh, okay. What's going on the next day? So I decided
1: to do the four parks challenge, but just to make it even more challenging, I decided I would add in Disney Springs.
0: Oh, my gosh. Disney Springs. Okay. What are the goals of your four park challenge what do you have to achieve
1: okay so i have to do an attraction meet a character have a drink everywhere except magic kingdom obviously take a photo with the park icon see some entertainment that's unique to that park and shop a bit and i have to admit as you will see towards the end of the evening it doesn't all go according to plan it's
0: i got to i was surprised at how exhausting the four park challenge could be and you have added more things than i did when i did mine all right now how do these rules work at disney springs obviously shopping drink you can do i suppose there's a photo pass studio there is some entertainment there but that you'd probably have to plan ahead attractions um i guess there are some but they're all paid attractions I'm just well yeah, it, you know we'll we'll get into it. It was very much modified. Yes, we'll for we'll, get into, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> when you decided to do the four park challenge, did you have a game plan ahead of time? Did you know yes. how you wanted to tackle it? Yes. Okay. So walk yes. us through what your thought process was. So I got up at
1: 6:20 a.m.
0: My plan was to start in
1: Magic Kingdom, which I know is unusual. Most people start in Animal Kingdom because it opens earlier, but I wanted to knock that out early because I don't know just did crowds crowds (laughs) Um, is probably the answer (laughs) yes well true so I bought genie plus and then I procrastinated about what ride to get I thought because Hollywood Studios was my second park I thought maybe about trying to get something at Hollywood Studios because I knew things would sell out faster there but then I decided to go for big thunder with standby skipper because I knew they'd probably get me an early return time Um, so I ended up getting a 905 reservation for big thunder so that worked out well okay so i was on the bus at 7 and i was at magic kingdom by 7 46 which was really quick and um, there wasn't a huge crowd ahead of me when i got on the rope for Fantasyland. i'd originally thought i'd rope drop Peter Pan, but then because there weren't that many people i thought well maybe i'll just do seven dwarfs mine train so i headed there there was a lovely family ahead of me in line and there was a grandmother who had a really nice way of explaining to the kids about it being so busy she said you know, people are here, and they've got up early, and they're really nervous. They're just nervous because they've only come into the park. And sometimes they might forget their manners because they're nervous.
0: Oh, but, wow. But you know,
1: if they push, or if they're rude, it's just because there's, you know, they got up so early, and they're a bit anxious about the day. Wow. And I just thought
0: that was so lovely. <laughs> She's really writing them so many more passes than I would. <laughs> I suppose it's what we want to teach our children, right? Is acceptance and tolerance. Um, but yeah, she's nicer than I would be.
1: <laughs> so she actually ended up writing with me, and I said, "Oh, oh will the two grandkids like it?" And she said, "Oh, the one in red will love it, but the one in blue is going to absolutely hate it." Oh. And I could hear him crying when
0: they got off the rope. Oh no! <laughs> All right, so you managed to rope drop. Um, mine train then, so not... I was off
1: by eight fifty.
0: Oh, wonderful, wonderful! Yeah.
1: So I decided then to go to Princess Fairy Tale Hall to get my character meet out of the way. Um, so I only waited, obviously, a few minutes, and it's nice. I didn't realize if you go there for nine o'clock, the four princesses come out and wave at everybody, and then they go in and to their respective meet and greets. They
0: have to make their grand entrance. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Um, so I decided to meet Tiana and Rapunzel. Um, but unfortunately the cast members never told me that you have to tap your magic band for the photographs and it's a box, not a human. Oh. So I ended up not getting any photos from that meet and greet. So definitely remember you have to tap after each oh. princess and the tap station is right beside where the camera is. Yeah.
0: So uh, think of the box camera for anybody who isn't sure what we're talking about. Typically when you do a character meet and there's a photo pass photographer, When you're done, they will scan your magic band and that's how you get your photos. So certain character meets, there's not a human photographer. There's like an automated box and it'll take photos of you as you're interacting with the character. But you have to think of that box as the photographer. You still have to go and tap your magic band the same way you would with a human in order to get the photos. It's different than ride photos, which will typically automatically appear the RFID chip in your magic band. Um, you know, it'll it'll read that, it'll know you were on the ride and you'll automatically get those photos. It's not the same thing with the character meets. So lesson learned the hard way. Did you reach out to Disney? They can find and send you those photos. And I bet because you were one of the first, you'd get them in an instant.
1: I was the second group in line. So I'm pretty sure I could have got them very easily, but I didn't bother
0: you know, you still could, you still could yeah, if you, could. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do it like same day. Like you could send an email. Now there's a form that you fill it. I'll put a link in the show notes in case anybody's curious about it. If for whatever reason your RFID chip doesn't work and you don't get a ride photo or something like this happens where you miss the character photos, you can just fill out a quick form. It'll be like, Hey, approximately what time were you there? You know, who were you meeting? What, what color was your shirt? Like, what were you wearing? And I think they ask, like, if you have it, you know, send us a photo of you that day so we can see what you look like and what you're wearing. And they'll come back, they'll send you your photos. I've had it work literally every single time I've done it. I'm I not I did not sure. know there was a form. That's yeah. fantastic. I'll send it to you when we're done talking. Okay, <laughs> you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll send it your way. Yeah. It's so easy. Um, it's, you know, sometimes it takes them a little bit just to, to get back to you. But as far as like researching, if you were like, listen, I was the second person in on this day, I bet they'd, I bet they'd get back to you really quickly with those photos so your four park challenge you did not fail this this first park because we can still get those photos it's it can happen (laughs) all right so we did an attraction we did a character meet what's next on your list
1: so i went to big thunder walked on that then i went to main street to get my photo with the park icon obviously and see some entertainment and managed to get a lightning lane for 1105 for mickey and minnie's runaway runaway railway um, i got that myself i didn't rely on standby skipper for that one Um, that's where i kind of thought it's not as fast as a human and i know their whole mission statement is not to take over the entire system and ruin it for normal people Um, but that was just one example so I did some shopping in the Emporium, spotted the Dapper Dans coming up Main Street singing on the trolley. So that was lovely. So at 9.52, I decided I was going to leave for Hollywood Studios. And just because it's new that the park hopping is back before or at any time, just so people know, the buses between the parks only start at 10 a.m. So I knew I, there was no point in leaving before that. Um, So got the bus at 12 minutes past 10. Um, There were 10 teenage girls who had no adults with them who were screaming and singing at the tops of their voices. That was an entertaining (laughs) trip. (laughs) Um, But I got into Hollywood Studios eventually at 10.35. So I went to Baseline initially to get my drink. Um, That was a very disorganized queue. People weren't sure how to line up but eventually got something to drink um, and enjoyed that with a little bit of people watching and then headed to my Lightning Lane for Mickey and Minnie's. Um, when I went there, the line was out the door for Lightning Lane. So I said, I'll give it a few minutes. Went to um, met Frozone and Sully. Sully is just the cutest character to meet. He just completely envelops you in a hug. I have such great photos from that meet and greet. And there's no lines back there. It's brilliant.
0: It's wonderful. It's such a hidden gem over there. Yes. No,
1: it was fantastic. And so then I went to Ronto Roasters. I had pre-ordered Zuki wrap there, which was really good. I love that. Very messy. Not first date food. (laughs) I happen to be going on a first date to Hollywood Studios. (laughs) Um. It wasn't the most filling thing I ate all week, but it was very nice. Um, so I went to use the bathroom in Toy Story Land, but it was so busy and they tended to be all throughout the week. So I would recommend Hollywood Brown Derby. The Bathrooms there are always really quiet. You go in as if you're going to the restaurant, but take a left. And there's hardly anybody in there, so yes. Also, where the-, the
0: Club 33 entrance is is back oh, over there. Oh, I took a photograph of that. Sent to my husband, and he knew exactly yeah. where it was straight away. <laughs> um, okay, I'm. You know, I'm curious. What made you do Magic Kingdom to Hollywood Studios? My thought would have been Magic Kingdom to Epcot, and then like because you can monorail and then Skyliner. So, what made you decide to do Magic Kingdom and then Hollywood Studios?
1: So there were two main things. The first was that Epcot had um, deluxe extra deluxe hours that evening.
0: Mm, okay. So
1: I knew that if I ran into any trouble completing the challenge, although I had set myself the challenge to be finished at Normal Park finish. But just in case,
0: ah, I knew smart. I would end up there. Okay, okay.
1: Also, it's a shorter walk back to the boardwalk from Epcot for the end of the night when I knew I'd be tired.
0: Okay. And
1: then... Also, I just really wanted the Zuki wrap, and <laughs> I think the vegan options in Hollywood Studio Quick Service are really good, so that's why I kind of wanted to do lunch there.
0: Okay. All right. Oh, the You know, excellent answers. Excellent answers. So you really <laughs> did think about it. Okay. All right. So by the time you were done with that, did Runaway Railway, had the line kind of simmered down a little bit? Yes, as we went in, they made an announcement, which I couldn't hear
1: fully, something about you'd be straight into the cartoon. And it turned out that the storms for the previous couple of days had damaged the roof. So the pre show wasn't working. Oh. Now I was delighted because <laughs> I have seen it multiple times. Time saver so for you. Right. But, yeah, exactly. But if it was somebody who was their first time, I think, it would you know, have been, they probably they, they you, wouldn't know what they're missing. I was going
0: to say, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. Um, the very first time my family did it, I I think it was um, like right after everything reopened with COVID and they weren't doing a lot of those types of pre-shows because they don't want people at that time. They were like, we don't want a bunch of people packed in this room. So that, you know, you just kind of walked through and my family had no idea. And I didn't, I think I told my husband, but I didn't even tell my kids and it took nothing away. Now they've seen it and they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But you're right. If you don't know, it takes nothing away.
1: Yeah. So then I shopped down Sunset Boulevard for a little while and then I headed for the bus for Animal Kingdom. So I was at the bus stop at 12.35 and it came at 12.50 um, and I got there just after one o'clock. Okay, And there was a big line for the Tree of Life photos and I found that all throughout the week that you really had to wait for those photos. And so I went to Dawa Bar. It's a favorite of myself and my husband, and we like to sit at the little stools at the edge. But when I went to sit down, the two ladies who were sitting there said, oh, you can't order a drink from here. You have to get into the line and then sit down. I thought, well, I was here in January and that wasn't an issue. But anyway, I'm a rule follower. So I got up, (laughs) stood in the line, (laughs) ordered the drink and asked the bartender. And she was like, no, there's no problem. You can sit down and order a drink. It's just like we don't want people skipping the queue and sitting down for two seconds and then leaving. But Um, if you're going to sit and enjoy it, uh, that's fine. (laughs)
0: All right. So don't believe everything you hear from random strangers in a bar is the lesson that we're taking away from this. (laughs) Okay. so the
1: Harambe drummers were playing across the way, which was lovely. So that was my unique park entertainment sorted out. Um, And the funny enough, when I was leaving there, the lightning lane queue for the safari was past Dower Bar. Oh, like it was outrageous. So I was glad I hadn't got a lightning lane for that. <laughs> um, so at this point I saw the drummers on their flotilla go past, which is I think my favorite entertainment in all of Disney World are those flotillas in Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I just love them. Um, so I had a lightning lane for Everest at this point and I got on and off straight away. Um, so then I went to DinoLand because I hadn't met a character yet and stood in line to meet Donald for good 15 minutes and there was no sign of the queue moving at all so I left spotted Kevin ran got a photograph with her and decided that was my character for the day
0: that counts (laughs) there you go yeah Kevin's fun because Kevin just wanders and Kevin's very cool from from up yeah yes she's very, she's very, very cool. I
1: managed to spot winged encounters on the way out of the park which I absolutely love too it's just so magical where the macaws fly in over the tree of life it's just beautiful Um, I did a bit of shopping in Island Mercantile before I left the park and then I got the bus at 3.35 and because part of my challenge was I wasn't going to use any Lyft or Uber or Rideshare or anything like that, I decided to get the bus to Saratoga Springs Resort. So for people who aren't familiar, if you get off at the Congress Park stop at Saratoga Springs, it's a quick, less than 10 minute walk over to Disney Springs. So that was a really handy way
0: to get there. Okay. Um, All right. Because the buses to Disney Springs had not yet started. I can't understand that. I yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. I think it for a while it was when like parking was free at Disney Springs and so they didn't want the buses running back and forth. But now I'm pretty sure they charge for parking at Disney Springs. So I'm not entirely sure either, but that was your work I like that's a good workaround if you don't mind a little bit of walking since you aren't going to be doing um Lyft or Uber. Okay, so you took the bus over to Saratoga, walked over to Disney Springs. So talk a little bit, because this you're going to have to maybe change your character or entertainment for Disney Springs. So what did you end up doing? So
1: on my way in, I thankfully spotted the walking piano lady um, who kind of plays and walks along and the piano moves and it's all very entertaining. So that was entertainment sorted. My original plan had been to aim for the City Works Happy hour because they do a really delicious um, vegan option there. Um, but when I inquired at the bar, he said they hadn't done it in a couple of years and they hadn't updated their website. So, well, that's annoying. To... <laughs> yeah, I know, very annoying. So, but I knew there was a happy hour at Haleo. So I headed there, got a glass of wine for $6, a pan con tomate for $5. So that was really good value. Um, got chatting to a lovely couple who were coming to Ireland this summer. So gave them lots of advice. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it was great fun. Um, I really wanted to go back to Summer House on the lake to sit at the bar because we had eaten there in the dining room in January and I loved it. And I just thought the view out over the lake was gorgeous. So I went back there and had, i, I the pan con tomate is lovely, but it's very small. So I just got their fries, which are delicious. This is, sounds ridiculous because I'm eating fries every day for my dinner. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I got a glass of wine and that was really, really nice. So at this point, I was really tired. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to bed, but I had to finish the challenge. So I got the bus back to Boardwalk because obviously you can't get the bus to the park and walked. I was very tempted at Boardwalk to just go to the room, but I didn't. I walked over to Epcot and it was about 7.15 at this point. Um, Soren was 125 minutes, which I'm assuming Oof. it had been down because Test Track was only 75. So that didn't seem right. Right. So I, Standby Skipper had actually snagged me a frozen lightning lane, which was one of those examples where it managed to get a really sought after one when I couldn't find one. So I was on my way and this is when it all went completely wrong. Well, not wrong. It just went differently than anticipated. So I had seen a lot of the art booths the previous day, but I hadn't spotted Thomas Kincaid's booth. And I absolutely love his paintings. My husband and I spotted those first when we first came to Disney World ten years ago, and I've been threatening to buy one since because they're so expensive. <laughs> I love that it's a threat. Anyway, in I went, sent him a photograph of one of the paintings. He was like, "Oh, I love it! It's the Beauty and the Beast one." Long story short, I ended up buying the painting, <laughs> which was gigantic, very expensive, Do they and ship completely scuppered it? my plans for the rest of the day <laughs> oh, because. Gosh. Stupidly, I thought they said, Oh, we'll ship it for you for $150. And I thought, No,
0: no, I'll carry this, it'll be fine. Oh dear. $150 (laughs) sounds like it's worth it to me. (laughs) Just to have it. Let's just
1: put it this way. When I woke at 5 a.m. full of anxiety about how I would get it on the plane, I decided I would go downstairs to the gift shop and ship it for the $150. I just had to carry it all the way from Epcot back to (laughs) Boardwalk. And it's massive.
0: So, you know, if you hadn't done that, you probably would have been like, "Oh, $150, $150. But because you carried it around Epcot, you knew the $150 was worth it.
1: Yes, and also just at, at at that five a.m. anxiety time, I just thought I'm going to throw money at this problem. This is just not
0: worth right, it. Right, And I
1: also had to get to All Star Movies, so it was just not going to be a fun right. time. <laughs> so anyway, I was all full of remorse the next day. But my husband was like, "We've well, been thinking about that for so long. I'm delighted you bought it. So I'm glad. It hasn't arrived yet, but they were they they told me that they insure it. And if they drop it in the parking lot, they will replace it. So I actually think it's probably worth the money.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, especially for something that valuable. I think that, yes, it's the right call. Exactly.
1: So I did no attraction, even though I had a lightning lane for Frozen. I got no drink, which I didn't need at that point anyway. Uh, I got no photograph at the park icon. <laughs> I, did, I did some shopping. <laughs> And my intention had been to get a photograph with Walt's new statue because there weren't going to be any characters that out that late, but I didn't do that either. So I did not successfully complete the four parks plus Disney Springs challenge, but I got a fabulous painting. So I'm not. You were
0: very close. I'd say you get a solid B, B plus on your four park challenge. (laughs) You were very (laughs) close and it's exhausting. It really is. I can't believe how exhausting the four park challenge can be. And you added some extra things. To yours.
1: Well, my husband said he was really glad I did it without him because he would hate to have to wait for all the transportation.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it is a lot of bus transfers and and you never know how like with the buses, you just never know. You know, you can walk up and be on in five minutes, or it can be you're standing around for 30 minutes waiting. You never know. Exactly. Okay, let's stop here for part one. I'm going to split this up into two episodes to make it a little bit easier for you guys to digest and find the information that you need for your trips. Stay tuned for the second half of Melissa's trip, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.